Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet, and today I have a beautiful, lovely soul returning guest. Hasn't been on for a while now. Um, I feel like uh, we lost a little contact there for a little bit, but just because of busy lives and new babies and all the good things. So welcome, Mr. Josh Monday of Christian and Conspiracy Podcast. How are you, my friend? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me back. Uh, last time we got into some biblical cosmology mm-hmm. and uh, I've done probably like so many shows uh, on that subject and I've re- actually refined that like I went to the Strong's Concordance. And I re- refined it to a to a T now. So mm-hmm. it was really nice to do that on your show. And I appreciate you having me back. Like you said, we did lose contact, but it's not, we're still, uh, when we talk again, we're going to be the same as we were when we, we, when we, uh, when we left, you know? Absolutely. So congratulations, um, on your newest little one. Thank I know, you. uh, your little one is a lot older now, but, um, <laughs> You had some things going on. I had some things going on. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. So today's episode is going to be one that I hope really touches people deeply and gives them an idea or an indication of things to look for either in themselves or in other people. And those are spiritual gifts that are God-given. And so I want to start out with a a verse. Uh, It's Galatians 5, 22 through 23. And it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So I want people to understand that what you put out as far as other people in your circle, in your community, uh, friendships, you know, relationships with family members, whatever, those things have a ripple effect that you are not aware of. And so a lot of times when somebody has um, a spiritual gift or lives for Christ, Other people may be able to see things in them that they don't yet see themselves or possibly that they do see, but they are um, not confident enough to use those gifts yet. And so even, you know, kindness toward others and things like that is super important, I think, in this day and age, especially now in this day and age, the way that things are going. So, um, what totally do you, agree. what do you think about, um, people having spiritual gifts and, well, well I, I would say we should, we should define what spiritual gifts are. This is like mm-hmm. a definition from uh, pastor Paul from, uh, Calvary Chapel, Ontario. He mm-hmm. said, spiritual gifts are abilities given to believers that exceed our human natural abilities they are supernatural giftings given by God, enabling us to function in a spiritual capacity. So um, I believe they're given by Holy Spirit or given by God. I believe mm-hmm. in the Trinity. So it would be, you know, God, right. the Father, Jesus and Holy Spirit. Right. So right. Um, uh, what I would ask people is, don't you want to find out why you were put here on this uh, earth and, mm-hmm. and why God created you? Uh, what is your purpose? You don't have to go to college to find out your purpose. 
Right. Uh, you don't have to go to elementary school and go to high school and then and then find out your purpose. You know, it doesn't need to be football unless you're doing it all for the glory of God. Like it says in First Corinthians 10, 31, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's amazing. But you want to find out your true purpose. We're supposed to be living for heavenly things, not mm -hmm. for earthly things. And once you find that out, uh, I suggest that we pray, you know, and, and like you said, it's for some people, it's tough because the devil has really poisoned the well with spiritual gifts because you see right. people that are taking advantage of spiritual gifts and you see people on TV like Kenneth Copeland or you see people <laughs> like uh, Benny Hinn and they have people come up on stage and like saved and you got this guy falling and this guy falling, right. this guy falling. And then he'll be like, Jesus is on the stage with me now. Everybody get off the stage. You get off the stage. You get off the stage. Jesus is here. He wants to talk to me. You see mm -hmm. what I mean? So he, they poison the well. It's Satan poisoning the well. It's not really these people. Satan right. is using these people as vessels and they're poisoning the well with the, with the gift of giving, right? Because they're asking mm -hmm. for money. They're, right. they're poisoning the well with the gifts of healing because they're trying to heal people on stage. They're hiring some people. Uh, they got some people, you know, you know, taking snake bites to the neck, you know, right. it's just crazy. <laughs> so, uh, and then you I'll also, pass on that one. <laughs> and then you also have denominations that are telling people that if you don't speak in tongues, you're not actually saved. And they're right. up at church. And then the, the whole room is speaking in tongues and it looks like demonic worship instead, mm -hmm. instead of having somebody interpret. Uh, I think that uh, Paul has a good point of, you know, if you're going to be speaking in tongues, you should speak in tongues with God, you know, by, you know, with God, you know, speak in tongues with God between you and God. When you're in church, you shouldn't be doing speaking in tongues because everybody can't understand you, you know? Right. So for some people, it's kind of tough. So there's a lot of different gifts and, and I don't want to talk about the negative side of it, but I just want to tell you, like, I kind of, kind of what you were saying about some people not using them. They might mm -hmm. get a bad taste in their mouth. Some people don't even no, there's any gifts even and they've been christian for 20 years they have no idea that there's even spiritual gifts because a lot right. of pastors don't talk about it because it's the supernatural and it's right. the same thing with uh when i talk about the firmament when i talk about the giant giants in genesis 6 uh when i talk about you know sometimes you talk about elijah raising people from the dead like i mean elijah not mm -hmm. jesus but elijah that's right. a man using god's faith to raise someone from the dead it's stuff that can't be explained scientifically some people don't want to they want to don't want to tiptoe on that type of stuff oh it's supernatural jonah right. he was in a well that's an allegory genesis that's an allegory it doesn't match with science so when there's these gifts that happen that are supernatural uh it's some some pastors i don't think they want to touch on these things you know because mm -hmm. uh it's hard for them to explain it to people and like i said the uh, the devil has poisoned the well but these things are very important, you know, like, like, I mean, to be honest, before I became a Christian, I would, uh, I would be able to read the Bible, but it was just like re reading a blank piece of paper. Really. I mean, I would read it right. and I would just be like, this is just tough. Not, I even, not absorb anything, not absorbing and not wanting to mm -hmm. teach and not feeling like I'm on fire. But once I got saved and I just took everything I had, like all these these things I went through, all these evil stuff I've done, and I just placed it on the altar and put it, you know, and just it's like a process. But once you get saved, it's like wow, it's like you do your gifts will 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 start coming. And I know some people mm -hmm. feel like I don't have any gifts, or do I have gifts? But I mean, uh, it really how, like have you really like sat there and just said, you know what, God, I want I want to do anything that you want me to do, whether I have gifts or not. Can I just be a vessel for you, God? Like no matter mm -hmm. what. And um, let me give you guys an example. Daniel, in the book of Daniel, um, you know, he's he's praying a prayer and this angel goes to tell God the prayer and it takes him three weeks to come back to Daniel. So Daniel's, he's on a fast, a 21 day fast. He's like, 
where is this guy at? Where's this angel? You know, where is he at? I, you know, you got to think about that. So sometimes you might be praying to God to use you as a vessel and you want him to be like the next day, you want, you, you want like some angel to come up to you and be like, you're the guy, you're going to be great. You know, you're going to do these things for God. No, it takes 21 days sometimes for just one prayer to be answered. And sometimes it takes a year, maybe two years, who knows? Mm-hmm. But um, it's just something you should do if, if you want to really dedicate yourself to God and you feel like you want to use your gifts and your talents, like Jesus talks about, you know, uh, I think you got to pray about it. Mm-hmm. And you also have to study the word of God. Right. The only way right. to get to know God is to study your word. So, um, you, you know, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, it's impossible to please God without faith. So, I mean, right. all this stuff has to, has to do with faith and, and building it. But we'll get into all the spiritual gifts. I think that would be awesome to do, you know, if you mm-hmm. want to talk a little bit. <laughs> I was I just going to say that I think a lot of people... Um, don't know about spiritual gifts, like you said, or don't know where to start, don't know what they are, because um, a lot of people are very disheartened with the, quote, churchiosity, um, like the business of church anymore, because uh, there's so many scandals and, and things like that enveloping, like, church community. And I want to make sure that people know when I speak of church, I mean, church as in his people, his followers, the The body body of Christ Christ is church that we're speaking about. Church is not a building. It's not a religious sect. It's, it's nothing like that. It is actual people. That's the body of Christ. So um, a lot of the business of church these days, and I talked to you about this before, where their model is a growth track. Mm-hmm. A lot of churches get, you know, with the church planting and all that, that they keep popping up everywhere and they do growth tracks. So you have to go through all these things. And at the end, you have to take a spiritual gifts test to see what your gift could possibly be. And it's a series of questions that you have to answer and stuff. However, I will say this, there is a big difference between spiritual gifts and natural talent. Um, But that doesn't mean that if you're given natural talent with something that you can't use that as an avenue or a venue for whatever your spiritual gift is. Example, musicians, yeah. right? You can use your voice to get God's message out that way. Or if you're really good at carpentry or creating things with your hands or things like that, um, you may be called to go build a ramp for somebody or, you know, like, make things for people or something in the service of others. So yeah. your natural, natural talents and abilities can coincide and exist with your spiritual gifts. It could be a stepping stone. Like uh, my, my music, when I did rap, I was a secular artist. And then I did a talent show in Kuwait and, and I learned, and I did a, a Christian song and mm-hmm. then I, then I started making Christian rap music and mm-hmm. then I made a conspiracy Christian song. And then I jumped on podcasts like conspiracy podcasts. Uh, and then I created, you know, God had me create 
the podcast that I have. Mm-hmm. And that was the what God really wanted to lead me into. But right. it took all these steps. I went on deployment. I want a talent show. I got first place. I got the right. I was like, maybe I could do this for God. I start rapping for God. It's like three three years of work. My my daughter gets born. I'm like trying to rap. I'm trying to do this. It's just I'm spending all this amounts of money that I think is wasted on my music and all this stuff. And it's a stepping stone for me to get into doing a podcast, which is mm-hmm. literally leading people to God way different than if I did music. Music right. is like it's hip hop. So most people that listen to rock wouldn't even listen to it. It's like, a, it's like a small amount of people I could reach the podcast mm-hmm. Christian and conspiracy massive, like the people that you could reach, you know? So God right. was like, it's like, you might be thinking I'm spending too much money on my music. I might be, do you have all this doubt, but one of the gifts is actually walking by faith, right? That's one of the gifts, right? Absolutely. Walking by faith and having the ability to just do it mm-hmm. for God. And if you do it for God and you spend $20,000 on it and you did it for God, it doesn't matter because right. it's, you're not doing it to, to make more money off it. You're not doing it for that. You're only doing it for him. And whatever your purpose was, was fulfilled. And like I said, it becomes a stepping stone for something that you're like, you're really meant for. Mm-hmm. And it's just a process. It's like, God is shaping you. Like um, he's molding you like clay, right? He's just molding right. you. Like, and, and that's just how you are in life, you know, and, and you might go through the bad, you might go through the good, but uh, that's one of the gifts that we would speak about is walking by faith, right? Mm-hmm. The ability to walk by faith. Um, and um, let's see, I have it here where it actually, the verse there's, I have so many notes on this because I was I like, do I too. Was like, <laughs> um, like everywhere, you, <laughs> maybe something we could do if you like, is we could kind of go through each uh, verse of the, of the talent, you know, mm-hmm. or the, of the gift. And then, um, you know, so gift of faith. So this is uh, going to be first um, Corinthians 12, nine. Uh, it would talk about the gift of faith. Uh, I could go there real quick. First Corinthians 12, nine, first Corinthians 12 verse nine. Uh, it talks about to another faith by the same spirit to another gift by healing by the same spirit. So, um, one of the gifts is, uh, walking by faith, right? So, uh, that's one of them. And then, um, we also have, I don't know, do you want to kind of go through each one? Is that, is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just so people kind of get an introduction to what we're talking about. And I have a lot here, you know, uh, as far as, uh, as far as, uh, you know, each one. So uh, one of them would be like the gift of prophecy. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you want to look that up, it's first Corinthians 12, 28. And it's also Romans uh, 16. Um, Let me see. Let me get this real quick. I think I have it right below. So let's go there. So gift of prophecy is going to be Romans 12 verses six through eight. It says, um, having the gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry. Let us use it in our ministering. Uh, he who teaches in teaching, who exhorts in exhortion, he who gives with, uh, liberal, liberality, uh, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerness. So we have that. And um, so gift of prophecy. Now, one thing about the gift of prophecy I've seen people use is, you know, you, you got to think about it. Like they try to say sometimes that I hear them, they say like, God told me this, right? Or mm-hmm. uh, I spoke to God. He said this, you know, um, when I read the Bible, like in numbers, it talks about the only person that, that God ever spoke to like face to face. Mm-hmm. Uh, was Moses. And he said, I only come to other prophets in visions 
and in dreams. But Moses, I speak to him mouth to mouth is what the King James says. Mm-hmm. But face to face is what uh, he says. He talks to Aaron and Miriam and he's the Lord is speaking, saying, I speak to him like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, some of the people that say the Lord spoke to me and he, he told me this, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I, I get this weird, uh, odd feeling in my stomach when I hear some people prophesize, especially if they're like Donald Trump, you know, he's, he's going to be yeah. sold the election and, and so that, that kind of stuff, you know, so the prophecy thing I think is, uh, is a gift. I, I think people have, you know, and, and I think God maybe comes to them with visions, maybe dreams like he mm-hmm. did with the other prophets. And, and, um, I, I just, I, I have to, you have to use discernment. I'll just put it that way. When people are prophesizing, I was going to say, um, I have experienced that myself, but I I like to say it's my download from God, right? Because it will be like something very specific that I'm supposed to do, like, um, you know, like being led or called to contact somebody I haven't heard from for a while or, you know, checking on somebody monetarily wise or, you know, things, things of that nature, something that is very, very specific and targeted to one person, even if it's like a nudge to talk to a certain person at the grocery store that I don't even know, there's always a purpose behind it. Yeah. And so that's that's why I said, I, I like to call it my, my download from him. (laughs) <laughs> yes, but it's different than if, like, if you're on your show, Janet, and you're like, God told me this. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, did God tell you? Like, how did God tell you? Now, sometimes mm-hmm. when you're reading God's word, he might tell you something through the word, and that's understandable. Mm-hmm. But, but the way you're saying is like you're download, like God is kind of speaking to you in a, in a in a certain way. But some, some people, they, they use it differently, you know. They, there's even <laughs> been times where where, like, he will put a certain Bible verse in my head for a specific person. And that's awesome. I, I think that's, that's perfect. And and sometimes he does that. Uh, and that's good for like, that's also the gift of evangelism. If you, mm-hmm. if you didn't, you know, that's another gift, right. it, the gift of evangelism. That is really uh key for evangelizing when someone speaks to you that you don't know, and you're in a grocery store and then a verse comes to your head and you're able to spit it off the top of your head. Right. It really can get their attention and then you're able to evangelize to them. So I think that's actually mm-hmm. a mix between prophecy and mm-hmm. evangelism. Right. I think and for I, sure. And I love having having those those times when that happens because um God has made me have such a joyful heart. I love sharing that with other people. And sometimes even when people are at their darkest moments. Um, they may not want to hear it, but they need to hear it. So. Yes. And uh, I think it's really a gift for sure when you're able to do that. Mm-hmm. When someone has a death, someone is in depression, someone mm-hmm. is in stress, someone is in need, and right. you have the ability to to uh, to be patient and, and kind. That, that's, that's the way we need to do these gifts. It's something I wanted to bring up. I'm sorry, I forgot mm-hmm. to bring it up before is um make sure that when you're when you are using your gifts you're using them in love you know you're mm-hmm. using them in love um you don't want to uh you know you don't want to use them for bad for evil 
for profit, for gain. Uh, they're gifts from the Holy Spirit, and you're representing God mm-hmm. right? when you're using them. You got to keep that in mind. You're representing the most high God. You're representing you know, the, the, the best of the best. And you right. got to understand, when your boss is in the room, you're going to tighten up and be like, Whoa. when I was in the military and the sergeant major came on the, on the, uh, came around us, I was like, okay, this is sergeant major. I, I got to be like, you know, you got to understand that God is like the commander of chief of heaven, the most high. Mm-hmm. And he's watching you, especially when you're using these gifts that he gave you. Right. I mean, I'm not saying that we're any special, but we are vessels, but we're being watched and we're being, you know, everything that you're doing is being put in the book of life. Right. And, and um, you want to be using, uh, you want to be using these gifts, you know, in love, you know, you want to be using them in love, in patience, in kindness. Uh, uh, and, and what it says is, um, love suffers long as kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love does is not puffed up, uh, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It is no, it thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whenever there are prophecies, uh, they will. But whenever there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether they are tongues, they will cease. Whether they they knowledge, it will vanish away. So, um, so just basically, just use it in love, and you got to have patience, kindness, all right. these things that that was that was mentioned there. Um, it even says that it says, though I speak with the tongues of men and the angels, this is uh first Corinthians 13 verses one through eight, though I speak with tongues of men and angels and, but do not have love. I have become sounding brass and clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and through all though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but, but not have love. I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to the burned, uh, but I but not have loved, it profits me nothing. You know, that's when I go, it goes into that love suffers long. So mm-hmm. what it's saying is you could be the best evangelist in the world. You can have 20 million people saved at one time, and you could just be this, this crazy fellow that's just, you know, but let's say you're just, you, you don't, you don't have, your, your heart's not in it. You right. have no love. You, you It's like, it's worthless. It's like our works are filthy rags to God anyways. But what it's saying there is if you don't have love, you have nothing, like no matter mm-hmm. what you've done. So right. Jesus says to love thy neighbor as you love thyself. That's like, and then love the Lord God, like more than you love yourself, you know? So that's kind of like the, the two main things. So um, we just need to understand that, you know, when you're, you have to be real delicate with those gifts that you have, you can't, mm-hmm. you don't want to be trying to be prideful, envious, boasting, right. you know, you don't right. want any of that stuff. If you, <clears throat> if you, you know, let's say if you had the gift of prophecy and you're able to tell the future, you don't want to start a Miss Cleo hotline and be have people <laughs> call in and you're like, yeah, next week, yeah, Susie's going to pass away. Give me another hundred dollars and yeah, I'll no. tell you about your, your <laughs> uncle. You know what I mean? You don't want to be doing that. And you, you see know- that crazy stuff. You said you said something that was absolutely perfect is having patience when you have these gifts because not everybody understands them. Not everybody is super receptive to things, but um like for me in the in the healthcare thing and you know the path that I'm on now and what I do now, patience is a big thing. Because people call me all of the time to discuss, you know, problems in their life or, you know, spiritual challenges, things like that. And so 
sometimes having patience with those people um, is super, super important because they need you when they need you. Yes. You know, and it's, it's sometimes it's, it can be like stressful or overwhelming to people if, you know, they get a lot of phone calls from, you know, a certain individual or, or something like that, where they're constantly needing something. So patience is important. Believe me, <laughs> we mm -hmm. both have a show and I have three kids that mm -hmm. want me. My wife wants me. My right. job wants me first, you know, because I'm a, right. you know, basically I'm a, a on-call employee. Right. Uh, but who wants, who needs me the most? Or who do you want to please the most though? Out of anybody, you want to love God the most. God, you want to yeah. please God the most. Absolutely. No matter what anybody says, like, mm -hmm. like God says they, that he wants you to love him more than anybody. That's right. What Jesus says, love me more than your wife. Your, your dad could bury the, you know, right. the dead can bury the dead. Follow me. Drop everything you have, your your riches, right. your, your money, your car payment, your your job, everything, and follow me. I can't. I got to go. I still got to. I still got to. You know, that's what people say. I still got to do this. <laughs> Jesus is like, okay, then you aren't ready to follow me, you know? So, uh, and I'm not saying I'm the, can do that either. You know, it's it's a tough thing. But like you said, it's, uh, we get put in these positions and and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm guilty of this too. I'm, I'm, I'm taking away time for my kids to help people, you know, and help people. Right. So mm -hmm. you just have to be understanding that their dad is, uh, uh, you know, God is using them for, you know, certain things and it's just, right. it's gotta be, you know, but um, so the next one was gift of evangelism on my list. Actually, we just spoke about that. It's Ephesians four eleven, and it says, and himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets and some evangelists, some pastors and some teachers. Uh, for equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, for edifying of the body of Christ. So that's evangelism, right? Evangelism is evangelism is like um, a good example would be like Billy Graham. Right. Uh, you know, he he goes and he's able to to lead people to Jesus. Uh, you know, and I and I don't know. There's I'm in the conspiracy world too, so I don't know about his Mason stuff and all that or whatever. I don't know what's going on with that. All I know is he's it. You know, it, love covers a multitude of sins, and he and he and he was saving a lot of people. So right and he. That was that was a prime example of evangelism, um, and uh, yeah, that's that's something where you know you're able to on a small scale go to a high school, let's mm -hmm. say, and you're able to talk to these kids and lead them to the Lord. Uh, on a big scale, you know, you're uh, you're able to speak in front of you know stadiums, and you're able to get you know lead people to the Lord. Uh, I think a good example of that would be like um, uh, Pastor Greg Laurie at Angel Stadium when he does uh, mm -hmm. the crusade. It's called right. And, um, there's even people that are out there picketing over his stuff too, but I don't know. All I know is that's the kind of stuff. There's like a, a, you know, 500 people come on to Angel Stadium Field and they all get saved and they get mm -hmm. they go out of there on fire for the Lord, you know. So which is right. which is great. So I don't. And I'm not I, to and, anybody. <laughs> and, my, and my thoughts, like even if you personally like evangelize in your in your daily life, you know, and and share God's word with with other people, be it how, however large or small scale that it is, even if you are able to lead one person to Christ, you have definitely done your job. hundred percent, especially right now, the right. way everything is, this is I, like, you know, we talk about it on the podcast that I was on. There's brick walls put between you, you know, these people and, right. and God right when they enter elementary school, oh, as soon as absolutely. they enter elementary school, they're hitting these planets. They're hitting these solar systems. They're hitting right. these stars, and they're hitting them with evolution. When they get a little bit older, then they hit right. them with the Big Bang theory and all these different things. There's all this stuff put between them and God already. So right. when you are going to chip away at that stuff by speaking to them one time, 
it's kind of a, it's a tough, it's an uphill battle. But when you, when you have the gift of evangelism and they need you at that very moment, it was just like we were saying, the, the Bible verse will come to their head where well, they needed mm-hmm. you. And maybe they're depressed. Maybe they're stressed. Maybe they're having anxiety right. and you can show them that they're demonically being uh, affected. And it's not like a mental or psychological thing. And right. in ways you can, you can evangelize to them. So mm-hmm. um, I think, okay. So the next one would be the gift of miracles, right? So the gift of miracles, it's supernatural miracles. Um, this is stuff where, um, you know, uh, the stuff that we're all talking about too, is you're going to see it, uh, exercised throughout the new Testament, uh, mm-hmm. and the old Testament. You see Elijah, like I said, he was able to raise the dead. You see this stuff. Uh, you see Moses when the, you know, the gift of miracles, you see Moses, uh, parting the red sea. This mm-hmm. is not Moses doing it. This is God doing it. Right. So right. I know we think Moses did it, but it's all through God, but these are miracles and you see Jesus walking on water. That's defying, you know, physics, whatever people say. Mm -hmm. Um, You see uh, even Peter walking on water, looking at Jesus, takes his eye off of Jesus, falls in the water, right? So Mm -hmm. it's God doing this. It's all through God. It's all through the faith of God, but it's, you know, you're a person that God's using to do these things, right? To uh, bring people to God. Right. Um, Jesus is also able to make somebody that's blind. See, he's making somebody that's deaf uh, here. He's able to, um, Someone that's paraplegic tells him to get up. And then all of a sudden now Jesus is God, right? So we're like, okay, well, that's that's just him doing it, right? No, think about this. He had Peter do that as well, you know, in, in the book of mm-hmm. Acts. He has uh, Paul doing this type of stuff where they're just like, get up. Right. And what it is, is it's it's not really Peter doing anything. It's just, it's just he's, he's doing it by faith. But right. you got to understand he was with Jesus and he saw Jesus die. And he saw three days later he resurrected and his faith is like, you know, tremendous, right? Because Mm -hmm, he's, that's why he has so much faith. Just like Elijah is able to speak to God, right? And Mm -hmm. Moses is able to speak to God. So he has, his faith is going to be, you know, at a level that's for us, we've never seen God and, and blessed is he who's never seen me, but has faith still. Right. So God says that, right. He's, he loves the fact we never seen him, but we still have it. Right. So, right. Absolutely. so we have that, and that's a uh, First Corinthians twelve ten. To another, the working to miracles; to another, prophecy; to another, discerning to spirits; uh, to another, different kinds of tongues; to another, interpretation of tongues. So, uh, you know, to another, working of miracles. So there's people that can work miracles, even though, you know, that 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 kind of stuff is is people feel like it's far fetched. Whatever you think it is, it's biblical. And all right. scriptures inspired by God. So he's not going to tell you that you could do miracles if you can't. He's not going to lie. Right. You know? So uh, Paul's not going to lie. Uh, Jesus is not going to lie to the apostles. And w- what he told them is when I when I die, I'm going to leave you with the comforter. The mm-hmm. comforter is the Holy Spirit. And right. once you get saved, whether you know it or not, you have the deutimus. It's called deutimus in the Greek. It's the power of the Holy Spirit in you. That's why when you do something wrong, whether you steal a piece of gum or you do something crazy, you still feel that feeling where it's tugging at you, knowing that you did something wrong. <laughs> exactly. And yes. some some people are very good at that. And other people, they will maybe have an inkling that they did something wrong, but then they'll continue to do because yeah. they're not living the way that they're supposed to be living. Yes. And sometimes it takes a while and then you get spanked by God. If you're saved, you oh, get spanked, and and that that sin that you've been doing either comes out in the open, and all the people you're hiding it from get to see it, or some way it gets exposed, or God, you you can you'll do it, you'll do it, and then it gets to a point where you're just like you realize that it's not good, and you finally just quit it. 
Um, there's some things that uh, come back, and then it's that what God says is like going back to your old vomit. It's like a, a mm-hmm. dog going back to his old vomit and eating it. <laughs> and once you feel that, like you start feeling that, which you will when you're doing that kind of stuff we're, we're talking about, right. and you're, you are saved as long as you're going to church or, you're go, or you are studying the word, it's going to wear on you and you're going to finally be able to kick that habit that you have. It, it mm-hmm. will happen. Even, right. It might take longer for others. but right. Um, the other one is the famous one, the gift of tongues. It's something my grandma was blessed with. Um, I used to hear her when we were like, let's say we we're praying around the table for Thanksgiving or we we're praying anytime. Uh, I used to hear her under her breath speaking in tongues. And I didn't, I didn't never knew what that was when I was a kid, you know, mm-hmm. I, I would hear her whispering. Like, I'm like, who's she talking to? You know, like she's talking to, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. You know, like, I'm like, is my she imaginary to... friend, <laughs> I'm thinking like, is she talking to like her, her relatives or what is he doing? Cause I'm just mm-hmm. a kid. I'm like, I'm hearing her speak. And, um, I've also been around another another uh, people at church where they were doing that, and before I read the Bible, and I, d- I didn't know what that was. And um, I think it's important to, uh, if you have that gift, to um, th- I think it's beautiful. First of all, because you're speaking to God in His tongue. That's that's what it, I think mm-hmm. it is. You know, speaking in tongues is, uh, which is it's First uh, Corinthians twelve twenty eight, and God has appointed these in the church: first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gift of healings, helps administration in a varieties of tongues. Um, I, I might be going over certain ones that are like repeat, but I'm just trying to just show you the actual verse. It's a uh, first Corinthians 12, 28 for that one. But um, yeah, so the gift of tongues is, is interesting. You know, I don't have that, you know, I don't, I don't know. either. And I don't have the gift of interpretation of it either. I don't either. Um, but there's some people that if you notice, uh, even if they're, you know, they have a gift of being able to pick up languages and be able to speak, you know, some people have like three or four languages they could speak. Um, mm-hmm. That would be someone I think would be great if, they, if that's like a, maybe a natural talent to have that. And maybe they'll be able to be a good person for God to use for that type of things, mm-hmm. interpreting tongues. And um, it's something that uh, I think uh, that's why I think Paul says that, you know, he doesn't want you to be in the church, just all speaking in tongues at once, because you can imagine some people might be doing it boastfully. Like, you know, like I know there's right. some um, denominations that say that if you can't speak in tongues, you're not saved, you know. And, right. And and I think what, what Paul, I think what they're, they're trying to, to relay here is, you know, I think some people can have two of the gifts, maybe three of the gifts. You could have multiple gifts, but mm-hmm. you don't have to have any of them. You know, you don't you don't right. have to have. Uh, you know, something, I think maybe, uh, you know, some people take it to a point where they say like, you have to have something, you know, that's just, that's really boastful. And that's really like, uh, putting you in a secret compartment that mm-hmm. I'm saved. Can you speak in tongues? No. Well, you're not saved. And you're like, uh, what, you know, how is, how is that <laughs> work? Because mm. it's just not fair, you know? And it makes people feel bad and maybe, you know, makes people feel like maybe they're not saved and they'll say they don't have the gift of tongues for, you know, four or five years while they go to that church, then they're going to feel like maybe I'm not saved. Maybe I'm not cut out for this being a Christian. I'm just going to bounce, you know? I'm glad you said that because um, we had that experience at the last church that we were at. And the pastor was really good at telling people, uh, if you don't sing loudly, uh, you're not, you're not going to heaven. Or if you are, uh, you don't give, you know, 20% of your oh income, wow. you, you are not going to get into heaven. And the thing that, you know, is so funny to me about that is who are you yeah. to deem whether I'm going to heaven? Who are yep. you to judge me? It is not on you. 
And so yeah. I think that's, that's another reason why people are so disheartened with the actual business of church and not yeah. church as in people yeah. is because of An things actual, that they yeah, hear. Church. Yeah. Yeah. That's not good. Uh, it's not good for the, for the uh, pastor to repeatedly ask for money, ask for money. Like it kind of gets, uh, it, it turns people off. And yes. if you're first coming to that church, uh, it's, it's not good for people that first come to the church because they hear all these things. Just like I talked about the Satan poisoning the well, mm -hmm. he poisons the well with these things. And then people come into church and they might have some kind of doubt in their mind. And then the pastor's right. like asking for money, 20% of income. And then when you, right. th when you think about, if you think about the way we live right now, that's why God doesn't make it mandatory for you to give uh, 10%, 5%, whatever you can right. give, whatever you give is okay with God. You know, even the lady that was so broke and poor, she walked up and she gave like, you know, like a, a, a penny or a quarter, whatever she did in, in mm -hmm. uh, Hebrew money or whatever it was, or Greek money. Uh, and then Jesus said that that lady gives more than any of these people that are here that are rich, mm -hmm. you know, because she's giving her last, you know, money, but that's a part of having the gift of walking by faith. You know, if, if you do right. give like that, you know, but there's one of the gifts is actually giving. It's one of them, you know, right. Um, and I was going to say on that, um, because that's part of the business of church now is, is that, you know, especially if they want you to serve yeah. um, as a member or whatever, you are expected to give a certain percent of your salary. They hold you to it. They've got your bank statement information, the whole nine yards. And, and Greg and I, my husband and I have had this conversation many, many times because to me, um, giving is not just finances. No. Giving is your service, your time, you know, whatever Anything, yeah. that Anything. you can be of service to someone else, that is giving. If you feed other people, if you, you know, uh, make things and send them to people or whatever, all of that is giving. Mm -hmm. It's not just I agree. finances. Yeah, money is just, it, it assists the church and it helps them to pay the, the bills. And, mm -hmm. you know, I've seen some churches that had real financial problems during COVID because, you know, right. they weren't able, some people, you know, they, they weren't able to open because of their, their town was not allowing it. And a lot of that happened, but I, I, I agree. Giving could be giving to God is what you want to do. It's not really right. giving to the church. Right. You know what I mean? It's giving to God, but if you're part of a church and I think it is important to, you know, to do whatever you can and mm -hmm. you know, whatever you could do, you know, and it's really, it's just, if you, if you feel like I can't give this money, then don't give any at all. Right. God does not want you to be like that at all. But if you just go, you just put it in there and you no problem. And that's your heart saying it's okay to do it. That's right. the way to give, you know, do it with a loving heart. And then it's okay. And if you give $5 or you give $20 or hundred dollars, whatever you could do, it doesn't matter because you're giving it with an open heart and you don't have any regrets. If you have regrets, God would much rather you just go back to that guy and say, you know what? I'm sorry. I can't put that in there, you know, because he doesn't want that. He wants right. you to be given with an open heart, you know. So mm -hmm. um, then the next gifts that we talk about is the gift of interpretation of tongues. Uh, that's something we kind of already touched on. Uh, if a church member is able to speak in tongues, then you're able to interpret for the audience. Right. Um, it's a gift that some people probably have. Uh, I think that I've gone over this one as first Corinthians 12, 10 to another working to miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. So that's the gift interpretation of tongues. And, uh, some people have it. 
Uh, I, I've, that's another one I'm not really familiar with, you know, I couldn't really go over too much into, but it's probably, you know, them able to speak in tongues and, and God (laughs) lets them hear whatever someone is speaking and they interpret it. Um, I think that it was interesting because when Peter was, uh, in acts, uh, he was able to speak and all the dialects were able to understand him. I think that was kind of interesting that that happened, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, in the book of acts. So I think that's really awesome that, that God did that for him. Uh, you know, and it's amazing. So it's basically the gift of interpreted tongues is just like it sounds. They're interpreting the tongues that someone is speaking, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so we have that. And then uh, the another one would be the gift of healing. First uh, Corinthians twelve nine is the verse that you go to for that. Uh, it is to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, right? So, gift of healing. Um, I know some people that 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 are are, are good at this, you know put the oil and praying. Uh, I remember mm-hmm. my, my wife was not able to get pregnant. And I, I, and my, my friend mentioned to me, like, just, you know, we prayed over this oil, just take this oil and rub it on her stomach and pray over it. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, I'm like, all right, you know, and I prayed and, and my wife got pregnant. Was it the oil? I think it was the prayer for sure. Mm-hmm. The oil. I don't know if it was the oil, but I just, it, it, it worked and it happened. I'm not saying I have the gift of healing, but you know, it was whatever God did, he just did for us. You know, maybe he just mm-hmm. knew that, okay, hey, just the moment he's really, he's asking people for help. He's asking other brothers in Christ for help. You know, maybe he just blessed me at that time with that, whatever it was. But the gift of healing is just like it sounds, you know, you, you someone is is hurt and, you know, you, you by faith, you 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 heal them by by praying, uh, by prayer and by fasting and, and, and supplication and everything. You, you basically, you're able to heal the person through faith. Uh, and it's amazing, you know, uh, like I think we talked about earlier, Elijah, this woman, uh, he went to this house and she let him stay at her house. Uh, he needed a place to stay. And she said, Elijah, can you please help me? My, my, my son passed away and he's like, okay, woman, I'll do that. No problem. And he raised the the, the kid from the dead. Mm-hmm. That's not even healing. That's like literally raising someone from the dead, you know? Right. So, uh, I think you probably have the gift of feeling <laughs> I was right, and <laughs> so many different ways, and it, it's not just like the laying of hands, um, you know, or uh, medical stuff or whatever. It's also emotional healing. There we go. Uh, it's, it's therapeutic stuff, and I will add, intercessory prayer goes a long way with that. And for people who don't know what that means. Um, intercessory prayer is where you pray all the time for other people. So even if they don't know, they have no idea that you're praying for them. You know what you're supposed to pray for them for. And so I've made reference to that before. I have like a scroll basically that I run through when I go to bed at night. That's like, every person I can think of and what they need and what I feel like they need. And, you know, whether it's housing for somebody or finances for somebody or healing, taking cancer from somebody's body or, or whatever intercessory prayer is part of the healing process. Yes. And like you said, uh, spiritually, physically, mentally, mm-hmm. um, a lot of different, you know, someone's on drugs, you kind of help them out with that and they right. pray for them. And, and yeah, that's, so it is definitely breaking a, the a chains wide, that bind them. Yep. Yes. It's a wide range of, uh, of healing. And right. you might just, you know, you might, someone might just have a bad day and you're able to heal their, 
you know, their, their bad day, even something mm -hmm. simple as that, you know? So exactly. that's a really good point. Just um, from the conversation that you have with them, even if it's, you know, telling them jokes to lighten their mood or, you know, I like to call it therapy sessions because people will call, they'll tell me something. And then by the end of the conversation, they feel lighter. Yeah. That's what I'm blessed with. And that's awesome. Man. And I, it, this is funny because you've mentioned vessel a couple of times before every show that I do. I always ask him to use me as a vessel every day. I ask as soon as I get out of bed in the morning, to use me as your vessel, whatever your purpose for me is uh, today, let that come through me and let me do the work that you have put forth for me. That's the best way to do it. And that's a great mm -hmm. way to find out what your gifts are. Cause, cause mm -hmm. he knows um, he knows in the morning, you're already thinking about him, you know, right. and you're, you're basically, you want him to be with you throughout the day mm -hmm. and you're asking him like, that's why I think it's important. Like sometimes for me, I like to wake up early and, uh, work out in the morning and then I'll listen to a pastor preach. So right mm -hmm. when I get up, I'm already like my, my spirit's already like, you know, get up, let's go. You can listen to the mm -hmm. sermon, but my flesh is like, just sleep, just sleep, you know, just sleep. So, you, <laughs> so my spirit is like, get up. So basically you're already at a tug of war between the spirit and the flesh as soon as you're getting out of bed mm -hmm. and then you get into the gym and then you start listening to like pastors preach and, you know, spirits you're praying, you're talking to God and all that stuff. And, I think it's important to, to do that as, as men and women, you know, of the Lord. Uh, and I'm, to I'm real quick. I'm glad you said that because one of the important things is that men are supposed to be like the spiritual leaders of their household or of Amen, their marriage. Yeah. Yes. And every morning um, I get up, you know, I, I do my little thing and then my husband and I will sit down and talk and he will, teach me yeah. something or we will discuss, you know, uh, a sermon or a topic or, or whatever every day, you know, That's after awesome. I get up and I say, you know, thank you for this day and thank you for loving with loving me and being with me and whatever. Then it's like him and I have church Yes, every day in the morning. That's amazing. And I love that. See, you guys yeah. are equally yoked. You're both mm -hmm. uh, into the Lord. It's, it's, that's great. Yep. That's that's what uh, families need, you know. Can yes. you imagine if every family did that every day? It would be, would be an amazing place. Yeah, a different place for sure. Yeah. Um, so the next gift that we're going to talk about is the gift of pastoring. Uh, Ephesians four eleven is is where you can find the, this. Uh, and he himself gave some to the apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so the gift of pastoring is 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 what it is. You know, it's like. Um, you're able to, uh, you know, go in front of, like, basically you could start a church, you could start a house, you could do it at your house, you can uh, right. pastor your children, you could uh, start a home church, you could start a big church, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're able to pastor. And and um, I think there's a difference between like a pastor and a teacher, right. uh, you know, I think there's there's also a gift of teaching, which, which it said right there, right? So mm -hmm. a teacher, I think is something that God, I think God has, uh, I would say God has blessed me with that as like being a vessel for right. that part, you know, like mm -hmm. teaching certain things like uh, and I think that's something that I didn't have be before, uh, you know, maybe good at teaching like water or something like that in the military. But then he used that, you know, he kind of used that gift for the teaching of the of the Bible, which is mm -hmm. who knows, like sometimes you feel like, uh, you know, you'll feel some type of way like let's say I'm going to have like uh, Gary Wayne 
uh, Ryan Peterson and all these major authors that are out there that are all evangelists and are all great, you know, speakers or whatever. I'm about to have these guys on my show at the time when like, you know, my first round table I had, you got to think about it is like, you're literally walking by faith. You're walking by mm-hmm. not getting embarrassed because you're thinking, I don't know enough <laughs> about the Bible to be with these guys. And I'm about to be in a round table with them. Now, here and I'm down here. <laughs> you see what I mean? And then God is like, God is like, um, Showing you that that's not what it's about, you know. Right. It's just, so that's another way of walking by faith. So that's a right. gift of walking by faith, but also a gift of, um, you know, pastoring and teaching, and and it's just a, it's something that God uh, will instill with you. And I think being a pastor is um, also like uh, there's also a gift of leading. It's one of the gifts too, is like leadership. So mm-hmm. there's a lot to being a pastor. People don't understand. You have to do. You have to go to hospitals when people are dying. You have mm-hmm. to go to funerals when people die. You're, you're pastoring for funerals. You're pastoring for weddings when people are getting married. So the greatest part of someone's life. And then you're at their deathbed. And for the counseling worst people. And counseling. And mm-hmm. you have uh, you also have a board of representatives that are telling you, hey, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of telling you certain things that are probably stressing you out. You right. have office. You have phone calls. And then now you have to sit and try to uh, do a sermon. And when you do sermons, like I, I try to – I study sermons and I study um, – the Bible and you're, you're going back to the Strong's concordance. You're making sure you're teaching it correctly and you have all mm-hmm. these things and, and it, you're trying to weave it all together. And then you, you, you have a, a sermon on Sunday. And then by the time Wednesday comes, you have to do all this stuff and you're, maybe you're a chaplain for the police or a chaplain for the fire department. There's your chaplain for the military. There's mm-hmm. all these different things that they're doing in between time. People might tell them, Oh dude, all you're doing is just working on Sunday and Wednesday. You're lucky. My goodness, my pastor's all in, into everything. It's, it's right. really tough, you know? So right. uh, pastoring is, is an amazing thing. It's a great gift. But what I would tell pastors is you're going to be judged seven times more than I was just going to say that you, so, you are definitely <laughs> held to a way higher standard and yes. not just from congregation or, or people, but also from God, because if you're not doing, you know, his will and his work, that's a problem. Yep. And there's so many like certain things that you might do. Like someone is asking me, how come you don't write a book or how, how come you don't do this? Mm-hmm. And what I, what I try to tell them is you can open up a floodgate of sin that mm-hmm. you don't even want to open. Right. Right now you have a simple thing where you, you have going with my wife, with my kids, with my podcast. And if I start writing books and having all this money come in and I open a floodgate, mm-hmm. Uh, right. For demons to be able to attack me. Same thing with pastors. They have to have such discipline that, uh, you know, as far as like uh, the lust and these things mm-hmm. that come, you got women that come to you that right. have problems with their husbands. And let's say you're fighting with your wife. Uh, that's a bad mixture between what right. the, devil, the devil's going to come and Here we go. Got him. You know what it's, I mean? Anytime he's, anytime the devil sees a weakness. Yeah. Um, or a place where you are not steadfast and sturdy in your belief. You gotta he be will so use there. that as a as a entryway. And that's why I tell people a lot. Um, and I've talked about this before, but being that I am an empath and I can feel people's emotions, I can feel when they need healing, all of these different things. Sometimes I have had where people that have passed away, like, I don't want to say I'm a medium because I don't like that term, but they like 
like there's contact or whatever. And I tell people, I always try to like push that away because I don't want there to be any possibility of confusion between God working through me and something demonic working through me. I don't want that. And so like any time, even, even dealing with people, you know, and, and helping through trauma situations or, you know, emotional situations, spiritual situations, it's very important for me to sit down and pray afterwards and ground myself, pray before and pray afterwards so that I don't retain those things as part of me. Yes. And us as uh, teachers uh, with, with the podcast I have and the mm-hmm. podcast you have, we're opening ourselves up to be a target for the yes. enemy where he's just Absolutely. like, he hates the firmament. I know that he hates mm-hmm. these things we're talking about. He hates when you talk about the gospel. He hates when you talk right. about the gifts of the Holy spirit. He hates this stuff. So we have to be grounded as well. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, you got to pray. And, and it's really like, I noticed it when I had like a really spirit filled podcast, like, probably this one right here, like after I get attacked by the enemies, it's like, does right. he, he hates it, you know? So it's mm-hmm. really, uh, pastors have to have it and, and we all have to have it as individuals, right. you know, and it's something that, um, that I, I've learned that we, I have to strengthen, um, my, you know, cause spiritual battles are real, you know, God versus the devil and everything we do. And like you said, if he finds a foothill foothold, he's going to expose it. And all he's got to do mm-hmm. is wiggle himself in a little bit and cause a wedge between, you know, you know, mm-hmm. between somebody, but yeah, being a pastor, I think, is important. Uh, being a shepherd uh, for the people, uh, making sure that you're teaching correctly, make sure you're right. teaching the right doctrine, make sure you're not falling into, um, uh, make sure you're not falling into uh, wrong doctrine or teaching it wrong. You know, I mean, it's it's a lot of stuff to it. There's a lot because new age, yeah, new age spirituality. Uh, you know, the antichrist spirit, the beast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you start getting too political. You start, you know, depending on political figures instead of depending on God and you, you know, you start doing all this stuff. So there's a lot to it and uh, you have, there's a slippery slope, but I, there's some amazing pastors out there that God is working through and vesseling. Mm-hmm. And there's some, there's some pastors that are, that are um, having a tough time, you know, so right. it's, it's, it's awesome. So that's, that's something that's one of the gifts. Uh, and I think that that moves right into the gift of teaching. That's the next one that we're going to go over and uh, that overlaps with pastoring. Uh, you know, not every pastor is a teacher. Some pastors I've, I've learned from, uh, they do a great job of teaching. Like Pastor Chuck Missler uh, right. is somebody that I used to listen to. And, you know, Pastor Chuck Smith and Pastor Raul Reese, these, these guys, you listen to them and they're able to teach really well, you know, and it, right. you, you, you're able to retain it. And some people are just great at pastoring, you know, so it's just, excuse me, two two different gifts. Uh, some people have both at the same time. Some yeah. Don't. Teaching, teaching is definitely something that my husband has because you know, he can explain to people they can read like a passage or a chapter and they don't understand it or it doesn't resonate with them and as far as their life goes. So he has this gentle way about him where he can speak, you know, God's words that he was given to help somebody understand something. And put it into you context, know? basically. Right. He puts it into context, right. teaches them. And uh, yeah, that's that's a, an amazing gift, and I think it, it's it it can be sharpened. Mm-hmm. It can be sharpened Absolutely. with going back and studying the Hebrew and studying mm-hmm. what the words mean and yes, finding out, the- studying the Greek, 
And then you find out. So when you speak to somebody, you could tell you could tell them the actual meaning of what God is saying. And then when you do that, then the person is like fully understanding exactly what this verse means, right. word for word, and it, and it gets really you know really interesting. So yeah, that's one of the gifts, and uh, that's in uh, uh, Ephesians four eleven, and also First Corinthians twelve twenty eight. Uh, if you guys want to study that, so the next one is the gift of leading. Uh, Romans twelve eight says that. Um, Romans 12, 8 says, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives uh, with liberty, liberally, he who leads with diligence, uh, he who shows mercy with uh, cheerfulness. So leading, being a great leader, that's a gift for sure. I mean, mm -hmm. some people Definitely. have that gift. Uh, some pastors have the pastoral gifts, the leading mm -hmm. gifts, and the teaching gifts at the same time, you know? Right. And I think that makes a really good pastor, you know? Mm -hmm. um, leading would be, you know, like, let's say military-wise. Uh, uh, you know, you can have the gift of leading in the military. Like I was a sergeant in the military. I, I think I had a really good gift of teaching people, but then you you have to kind of be stern with people as well. So it's a good way to learn. Mm -hmm. If you, if you end up joining the military, it's a great way to learn how to lead. And if you're looking to be a pastor, you can become a chaplain, like, you know, which is like going through a, a program and, you know, pastorally, I think there's a lot of great leaders and I think that's a, a great gift to have, you know, as, using it in the civilian world as, you know, as opposed to using it in church, you know, mm -hmm. and being a great leading. But but the thing is, like we said, doing it in love, doing it with patience, all the right. stuff, the kindness and all that stuff mm -hmm. we talked about, uh, taking that over to the civilian world as well as the uh, the church and everything. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a good <clears throat> gift. <laughs> no problem. Uh, and I think we talked about this one, the gift of service. Uh, you know, people, that's, that's what the, the churches would, I think you're right. I think the, the gift of service, you just have to be ready to, uh, sometimes it's hard when I learned the politics of, of churches or mm -hmm. I don't want to hear the behind the scenes, you know, right. Franny did this to Annie. I don't want to hear any of that stuff. I just want to, if I'm going to serve, let me just serve and, and we're good, you know, <laughs> just, I just don't like to hear the politic part or learn all that stuff. Exactly. Or the gossip. Yeah. yeah. Service yeah, to me is, is one of the most important things that you can be called to do because yes. God served us and we are called to serve others, you know, his children the same way. And you can even serve people that don't believe in God. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But and that's a way and, any way, shape, or form of service, as far as like me for my life, um, I make specialty items and I send them to people. I don't ask for money. I do it just because I'm called to do so. Um, we've given people financial gifts before, things like that, because it's something that God puts in your heart to do. And it makes me happy to serve other people. Yes. And uh, you got to think about this. Jesus could have came here uh, and he could have came here and, and been like Solomon or King David. He could have all the horses in the land, could have had the biggest castle in the land, could have had the gold, could have had the silver. He could have had everything that you would want as in a, in a you know, could have been the richest man in the world. And. Mm -hmm maybe came instead come you know later in life let's say and he came in a private jet and you know all the stuff but no right. he came and he rode on a donkey uh he was in service to others he was washing people's feet 
He was exactly. uh, always, like you said, in service, you know, so that is important because we want to be like Jesus, right? He gave us the blueprint Absolutely. on how to be as a human, right? So and it's a blueprint. If, even if your service is sharing things with other people, sharing your time, sharing your, you know, your wisdom or your knowledge or, you know, giving somebody food or a place to stay or whatever, that is so important to do those things when you are called to do so service can be a whole host of things. Yes. And, um, also if you look at, uh, service can, you could be helping, um, whoever, you know, and you never know, uh, like Hebrews 13 two, it says, uh, let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers for by doing so some have unwittingly entertained angels. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you got to understand that, uh, you know, humans are angels come in human form. It happens all throughout the Bible. If you look right. at like uh, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, the two ain't Lot saw the two angels coming. Uh, you know, he had an inclination that they were angels. They must have been beautiful. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know if you can differentiate what, what angels look like from humans, but it seemed like he knew that they were angels and all the people in the land were trying to to, you know, have sex with them, for example, but, uh, they were basically, uh, in there, they were able to eat. They were able to speak. They were able to grab, uh, his wife, uh, you know, Lot's wife, grab her, physically grab her. Um, you know, and you see that angels come in the form of a human throughout the Bible. So my point to that is you never know when you're entertaining an angel. So you could have somebody that, you know, whether it's someone that's a bum, whether it's somebody that has a flat tire, whether it's somebody that maybe, you know, you never know, you could be entertaining an angel at any time. Maybe someone's coming to your church service and you're being an usher and you're just like outgoing. You're like, Hey, how you doing today? Hey, you know, hopefully you enjoy the service. And you're just, you never know when you're entertaining an angel, you know, and God is watching us at all times anyway. So you might be entertaining God at the same time, you know? So I think right. we need to realize that. So, and uh, make sure that we. And uh, even something as small as <clears throat> smiling at people or holding the door open for somebody, telling people have a great day, you know, stuff like that. It's very small things, but that's still being of service to someone else. Yes. And, and there's also when we do get judged, uh, there's something called the great white throne judgment, which is where God judges. And then mm -hmm. there's also one called the Bema Seat of Christ. It's like right. it's when Christ judges and what he does, he puts all of your works into the fire. Whatever mm -hmm. comes out is your gift in heaven, right? So right. this is the stuff you do out of love and you're doing it mm -hmm. without any type of thing that where you're expecting anything later. You're just right. doing it because you love the Lord and you're we're doing it for his kingdom. And this exactly. is the type of stuff. And also, even though I brought up that entertaining the angel part, People are actually going to be judging angels uh, in the Bible. It says that. So people mm -hmm. are important too. And every soul that you meet in this entire world that you even run across is so important right. to save that you could be that last conversation they need for them to be able to go in the kingdom of heaven Absolutely. or to go to hell or to shield. And uh, I'll tell you what, when you're in hell, that's something we need to understand is Jesus talks about uh, in the story of Lazarus of what hell is like or what shield is like. Uh, and he actually says that his feet are burning. He says that it's he's thirsty, uh, mm -hmm. so he has all five senses. He's able to speak. He's asking, Father Abraham, can you send Lazarus to put a drop of water on my tongue? Uh, can you please go up there and tell my my brother, my five brothers, to not come down here? And 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 what uh, Abraham says is, 
uh, even if I were to go up there, like the prophets are there right now, they still wouldn't believe me. So you could be that very last person that ends up saving that person from internal damnation and torment for the rest right. of their life or going into the lake of fire. And you never know if you're that guy. You could save that person from committing suicide. You could do all this these great things with just a conversation <laughs> or just for you to step out on a limb by faith and and act uh, in accordance with what God would want you to do. You know, you never know what you're what you're doing. There's there's people in the military that commit suicide every day. I've right. seen police officers come up to the door of a car, not even knowing. They knock on the window, and the person was about to commit suicide. All they did is talk to them, speak to them, and they talked them out of that. You know, right. so absolutely, it's just, it's just important to. And that's uh, why, like, if if you get like a feeling in or a thought in your head that you should call you know, a certain person or whatever, do it, pick up the phone and do it because there's a reason that's being put on your heart. Always a reason behind it. Yes. And, and I think some people like yourself have, uh, you probably have that, like that inclination or what, I can't remember what the word is called. <laughs> there's a word, um, for that, where you have, a. When you, when you feel like an inclination, you, you you have that type of stuff come to you. So it seems like you have that gift. You know, that's something that you have. So we already talked about the gift of faith. Uh, the next one that we'll talk about is the gift of discerning spirits. It's 1 Corinthians 12, 10. Um, I think that that has to do with um, maybe what you were talking about, you know, where you feel like maybe, uh, you know, familiar spirits trying to speak to you, uh, you know, to be able to discern spirits, like, you know, what you need to do is test the spirits if they come to you or test an angel. Yep. If an angel tries to come to you, you need to test that they're telling you the right gospel. If they tell you the wrong gospel, then they're not, mm -hmm. they're not, they're not of God. Um, you might have demons try to come to you and act like an angel mm -hmm. of light it says that Satan, Satan can come as an angel of light, beautiful. And you know, and he's, he's you know what he's there for, for deceiving you or beguiling you or in the right. Hebrew, it's called NASA. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what it's called to be beguiled. <laughs> hmm, I wonder why I had to throw that little jab in there to NASA, but uh, yeah. So the gift of discerning spirits. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, Discernment is is important, and not everybody has discernment um, to know, like if what you're being told is right or wrong, or how you're feeling is right or wrong. And with that, I want to say that God does not instill us with fear. Yes, a fearful heart comes from us as a yes. human when we are faltering in our faith. Yes. Yes. And I think uh, it's important to, to understand that um, we need to fear the one that could kill the soul and not mm -hmm. fear the one that could kill the body. Satan right. cannot kill your soul. Right. Satan can't even kill your body. There's rules to this game. We got to understand. So sometimes you might be so fearful of the enemy or so fearful of the demons and, and all this stuff, but understand that God it even says in uh, First First uh, Colossians fifteen that that everything was created by Jesus for Jesus through Jesus, even the principalities, the ones spoken about in Ephesians six twelve, right? So mm -hmm. there's principalities of evil in high places. Everything was created through Jesus, by Jesus, and for Jesus, and that's who we have. You know that we're that's our inter intermediator between us and God. So we have Him, and we also have the Holy Spirit 
which you got to understand, like uh, the power of the dudamus of the Holy Spirit would, would 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 flick these little demons off like bugs, like they're nothing, you know, they're, they can do nothing. And, and even the fallen angel, mm-hmm. Satan or Lucifer is just a fallen angel. Right. You know, he's not uh, he's not God. He's not the almighty, you know, most high. So mm-hmm. that's why he was trying to kill the Messiah so bad, because he didn't want us to be saved. He didn't want us to have that gift of the Holy Spirit because he didn't want us to have the power. We just right. don't realize that we're equipped with that power. And the, the power of discernment is very important, but you have to read the Bible, know the Bible. So when someone speaks to you that's against the Bible, like Satan trying to flip the words or flip the, right. the, the scripture on you, just like Jesus, when he was taken up on the mountain, he was able to repeat the verse back to him the correct way. And mm-hmm. when he was trying to use the verses against him, Jesus used the word of God to speak back to him the correct way. He's going to invert the word, just like some pastors, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, uh, Muslims. <laughs> All these different people try to invert it and try to tell you the Romans messed the Bible or whatever they want to tell you about the Bible. Right. Once you know the word of God, the, the way they're able to have the, the, the ability to have the discernment is uh, through learning the word of God and, and God to be able to use you to, uh, d- to discern the, the situations. Right. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So it, it gets interesting. And also uh, take whatever your pastor's teaching you and make sure you go home and you read the Bible yourself mm. and let the Holy Spirit speak to you so that you're discerning even what your own pastor might be saying, because right. he could have want, went to seminary school, got a little bit of li- liberal teaching here, uh-huh. maybe maybe it poisoned yeah. the, the well, like I was talking about a little bit. And then he comes, tries to teach you. And in, in some ways you, you could have the Holy Spirit speak to you and say, Hey, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go home and read that exact verse and find out what God's telling me about it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that way you're studying it to show thyself to prove like the Bereans, you know? Right. I think it's important. It's part yep. of discerning, basically. Absolutely. And then uh, I think the next one is, it says gift of helps. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why they put gift of help, but I guess gift of helping, uh, understanding a task on behalf of others. It's First Corinthians, Corinthians 12, 28, if you want to uh, look, at, look it up. Um, the next one would be the gift of mercy. I think that's something that uh, is definitely a gift. Uh, mm-hmm. uh Mercy on people, um, praying for your enemies. Uh, if you notice Jesus, when he, when he, when he saw that woman that she, she was like on her fifth husband or something, you know, she's like a cheating woman and they wanted to stone her and kill her. And he saw her on the well. If you noticed when he went up to her, he didn't take a rock and throw it at her and start stoning her. He showed her mercy. Uh, he showed her forgiveness. He showed her kindness and what he told her was to, to, you know, you could be able to drink the water and thirst no more. And, you know, uh, just when you go away from me, just sin no more. Right. right. So he's showing mercy and we're, we're saved through, you know, by grace through faith. Right. So we're shown mercy at all times for the, the dirty stuff we've done in our life where, where God is like saving us. So mercy is something that is, uh, I think, uh, takes extreme patience and kindness right. and all that stuff that we talked about when, when it came to love. Right. And I think it's important too for people um, to have mercy and forgiveness um, for people who have done wrong to yes. you or to family or, you know, a loved one or something. And this is a big, big thing. Um, you cannot grow on your spiritual walk with God if 
you do not have forgiveness for other people. Um, and so say there's a, a husband and a wife and there's an ex spouse, you know, and, and things in their, their previous relationship did not go well. They hurt each other, whatever. You have to have mercy and forgiveness for that past relationship, or you will not have a healthy relationship that you're currently in. And you have it's going to those people. Yes, and you're going to have a. Uh, it's going to you know sin separates you from God, so mm -hmm. that's a problem too because you're going to always have that weighing on your heart. The Holy mm -hmm. Spirit's going to keep putting that on you. And you might as well just forgive them right away anyways, because you don't want to have that on your heart, right. you know, and, and um, you don't want to be separated from God in any way. You don't want to have any type of uh, way for the enemy to, to sit there and try to attack you. And that's a way that for him to attack you and for demons to attack you is if you're not forgiving, but you're, but you're asking God to forgive you every day. God, can you please forgive me. And that yeah. is, that is where a lot of people have problems, you know, like I said, in their, relationships and stuff because you know they're they're speaking that they're christian however they're not finding the forgiveness in their heart for somebody else from the past and so that plays into your current situation and so that's when you'll find like a lot of struggle a lot of turmoil a lot of uh, chaos basically ensues in your life because you're not finding the forgiveness and the mercy for other people. Yeah. And one thing you got to realize as a, as a human being is you can never change the the past, but you mm -hmm. can always change the future, right? It, right. You can change Absolutely. the future. And it's, it's something that I think it's hard for some people to, to forget, to forgive. Mm -hmm. But uh, in, in uh, Romans 12, uh, eight, uh, it's talking about he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So mm -hmm. not only does God want you to show mercy, he wants you to show you mercy with cheerfulness. Well, it's right. like, oh, it's like, you know, some people I know, but, but I think it's, as you become a Christian and, and as you become, you know, a Bible believer and, and once you just, you know, you get really rooted into the word, uh, it should not be hard for you to show mercy with cheerfulness. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, maybe on that very moment that you might've been angry, it might be a little tough, you know, but you know, you don't hold a lot of grudges and stuff if you're really walking with God, you know, because, right. you know, and I'm not perfect or, or Janet, we're not saying is perfect either. But as you know, like once you start becoming um, when you when you start walking with God enough, you, you, you should be able to show mercy with cheerfulness, you know, mm -hmm. should be start to get a lot easier for you because right. because, you know, that the, the physical doesn't matter. It's really about the spiritual. And once you find that out, this physical life that you're living is just basically like. It matters because you're, you're, you know, you want to be, you know, loving thy neighbor and all that stuff. And, and you're basically, you know, that stuff, it matters. But I'm just saying that really the thing that matters is, is, is living for heaven and mm -hmm. living for God. That's what truly matters. And that's who you should love the most. And if you love God, then you know that whatever you have going on with your spouse or your ex-spouse or whoever it is, it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> it really doesn't. Exactly. So. And it's a, it's a sense. thing in the past that you should you know, forgive and leave in the past so that you can move forward on your walk. So, um, yes, I agree. And then, uh, I think the next one is the, the gift of exhortation. Um, it's appeal to someone appeal to someone 
exhortation is a, a gift. Uh, I think that maybe we were kind of talking about where somebody um, is going through problems and you're able to help them through the problems. You're able to be a shoulder for them to lean on, a shoulder for them to cry on, and you're just there for them. And you're there for them in love where, where right. they just know you're really there for them. You're not just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, sounds good. And you try to get out of there. You know, you're actually there and you really care. I think that's, that's a gift that I think you were talking about that maybe mm-hmm. you've been blessed with, you know? Yep. And then the next one would be the gift of giving. Okay. So that's one that we were talking about where uh gift of giving, uh, whether it's your time, whether, you know, it's money, whether it's like the food bank, whether it's like you mm-hmm. cooking food for somebody, uh, maybe you're that, that type of mom that likes to invite everybody over, cook food for them and maybe you pray <laughs> for them and whatever, whatever you do, you know, like giving God, your you know, giving is like you said, is, is anything giving your time. Um, it doesn't have to be money. Some people are blessed with riches on earth, you know? Uh, Jesus says it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven than it is for a camel to go through the eye of the needle. So we got to understand that. So also Mm -hmm. it says the greatest on earth will be the least in heaven, right? So we got to understand that, um, that Lazarus that I was talking about that story, he was basically on the corner. Uh, they were, they were throwing food at him and bones at him and he was just trying to eat it up. He had sores all over his body. He was struggling. And that rich man walked over his body every single day would just mm-hmm. walk over his body and never pay attention, never see if he's okay. And he died and the rich man died and the angels come and get your body, your soul right away. Uh, that's what Jesus says. The angels come right away and take you where you're supposed to go. And uh, that's something we need to understand, you know. And Right. Um, Putting that into context of today where, you know, you you see somebody being physically harmed or, you know, some situation like that going on. And instead of trying to help, you pull out your phone and you video. Oh, yeah. That's not being of service to somebody else. That is self-serving. Yes. So that you can turn around and post that on social media. You should be, you know, mindful and considerate of the people around you. And is there somebody that, that, needs clothing items or, or food items or, you know, needs some kind of healing in one aspect or another. Those are the people that you should be reaching out to help. You should not be reaching up to try to, you know, ride the coattails of somebody that has wealth and prosperity. You shouldn't be after materialistic things. You should be after spiritualistic things. Yes, and I think the gift of giving is taken advantage of by people like Kenneth Copeland. Um, you know these these mass these master mega churches, manipulating Joel mega churches, Joel Sting. You know, and they they uh, you know if you give me twenty five thousand, then I'll make you a hundred thousand. God will bless you. You know, and it's it's all that type of stuff that, like I said, uh, Satan is poisoning the well, and right. it causes um, it causes mass or massive problems. So, but yeah, I think that's a. a an awesome uh, gift for people for giving. And, and it really feels good when you do it out of love and you do it for, for God. It, and it is something right. that's way better than you making a thousand dollars or $2,000 when you're giving whatever you're giving, you know? So right. I think it's an amazing gift and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one would be the gift of administration. That's first mm-hmm. Corinthians 12, 28 uh, organization. Um, I think that's maybe somebody that um, somebody, uh, 
on the board of a church or able to plan out or do stuff like that, I guess. I, I don't really know that, that gift. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just something that was on the list. Well, and even if, even if people have like the small groups in their homes, um, your gift of administration is making sure there's, there's enough seats for people or making sure, you know, maybe you need extra Bibles or something. If you're having a Bible study, you know, anything that's at, that administratively task wise, whether it's finances, budgeting, you know, the yeah. whole nine yards, somebody that's really, really good. And you can have this even in your own household where, where one person is very strong in the administrative stuff and the other partner is not, Yeah, you know, and, and those are things that help even your, your own ministry in your household. Yeah. Or, like secretary for the pastor or able to handle all the events and all the right. stuff that you do, you know, city events and all the pastoral stuff. I think it's, it's a definitely a gift. I don't, I probably don't have as good at that. I could probably answer phones really well, but as far as the organization <laughs> and all that, I'm probably all over the place. So, <laughs> all right. so we have, but the next one is the gift uh, of word of knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. Knowing that wouldn't uh, he knows, unless he has given by God. So uh, something that, uh, that uh, I think Solomon, you know, he was, he was asked, God asked him what he wanted. And he said that he wanted the gift of wisdom. Right. So mm -hmm. uh, I think wisdom is like knowing how to take knowledge and, and put it into action. Right. Mm -hmm. So I right. think it's uh, I think it's something that's amazing that he asked for that. And then God ended up giving him riches as well, you know, right. Um, you know, even though in the end, I think he 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 did veer away from God and started marrying uh, Egyptians and all these concubines, but right. <laughs> he, he asked for wisdom, and I think that's amazing because it probably felt like he had a lot on his shoulders because King David slayed Goliath. The people loved David, and they were all for him. And uh, he also had a, a, a David had a son that was trying to kill him and take mm -hmm. the throne, and uh, he ended up giving the throne to Solomon, which came through Bathsheba, which I thought was interesting. And uh, Solomon ended up taking the throne. And I think there was a lot of pressure on him. You, right. you can imagine taking the throne and he asked God for wisdom. So he's able to uh, lead, lead in, in the correct way, you know? And I think, mm -hmm. I think it was an amazing thing to, to ask for. And uh, I think uh, that's, that's kind of a good example here of that. Um, and the next one was the gift of wisdom, right? The word of wisdom. Mm -hmm. So I think that's uh, something that's an amazing gift to have. Wisdom is 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 something that uh, I, I think some people have where you, where you speak to them and you just automatically feel like they're they're giving you advice from you know from the Lord with great right. wisdom and be able to teach you what to do with life and I think it's definitely an amazing gift to have you know mm -hmm. yeah and it and it helps too a lot of times that people have you know gifts and they're in tune with what their gifts are and whatever uh, like. Take me, for instance, okay, retiring from nursing. And so, you know, I'm sitting here at home and one day I'm like, oh, well, you need to start making, you know, holistic medical products or whatever. And it's like God's hand guiding me to do or create certain things. And it's stuff that I did not know before, like compounding certain things or making certain things. I had no knowledge of that before. And it's like, he just went, Whoa, here's what you do. 
And a lot of people that have gifts that get things like that, the information is given to you. Yeah, I agree. And like I said, it's sometimes it's a stepping stone for something else, or sometimes mm-hmm. it is what God wanted you to do. And it, the buck stops there. Sometimes right. it's, you know, maybe you're making uh, holistic medicine or soaps or whatever for people because the other ones are giving them cancer right. and you're, you're finding out new information. You're sharing the fact that, Hey, mm-hmm. I just researched this and this, this, this product is causing people cancer throughout the world. Right. So I made this soap that's good for you or whatever. I mean, wherever you do, you're doing for the kingdom of God and you're doing for the glory of God. And I think it's just, like I said, it's just, it's amazing. So uh, the the last one is the gift of apostleship. Some people argue and say that, um, you know, that, that, that's not here anymore. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of the gifts, uh, the last gifts that I'm going to go over. Um, but, um, you know, it's amazing because you get to read the book of acts and you get to see like Jesus putting all these gifts into motion. And, uh, he, he did say that he's going to leave the comfort of the Holy spirit with us. And, uh, all these gifts, uh, if you guys just go through them and read them and, and um, uh, I would go through like first Corinthians 12, just kind of mm-hmm. read the whole entire chapter. Yeah. It's, it's a, the whole, the whole entire thing. Uh, I was going to say 12. Corinthians has a lot of, a lot of very useful pieces of information about gifts and explaining like what they are. And I will say it's super important for people because most people, um, I would venture to say almost everyone has at least one gift. Um, But honing that gift and nurturing that gift is what's important because you may be given something that is kind of like base level for lack of better terminology, right? And you have to continually grow that gift. Um, Think of it as a garden. You have to continually water that to make that grow and, and nurture that. So it gets, you know, bigger and spreads out further. And so you can share what you're given by God with more people. Yes. And, uh, I think if you have the, the teaching or if you have the preaching, I think it's the more deeper that you get into the word of God, the better you're going to be able to do that. So you can hone it and you could sharpen it and then iron sharpens iron. So if you're with somebody else, uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's a teacher as well. You can kind of bounce ideas off each other. And, or if you're, you know, in serving, then, you know, whatever your, your, your gift is, it's like, you can definitely hone in on the gift and, and God, uh, Jesus talks about it, like the talents, like he gives one guy five, he gives one guy five, you know, like he basically mm-hmm. talks about it. Like one guy is like buries it. The other right. one just makes the, the same amount. The other one doubles it. Right. You know, so right. it's really uh, about that in, in, uh, in life as well. You know, God gives you the talent to do something with it. And let's say you never, ever hone the skill or you never even use it. Mm-hmm. Then you're wasting the, the, the time you have on earth. You know, you're not right. here to just enjoy life and, uh, and do what thou wilt. Like uh, Alistair Colley would say, you're not here to just, ha- you know, you're here to basically uh, get people saved, uh, mm-hmm. be the fisher of men. You're right. here to be a service of people, to love thy neighbor. You're here to show people um, the way that you, you get people to want to become Christian is to be not of this world and be different than everybody in the room where right. they say, what is it that that person has that I don't have? 
How exactly. is this person so happy every day? How is he so joyful? How does he go through this turmoil and then look at him bounce back? Why is this person even like this? You know, why does he mm-hmm. in service to everybody? Why is he always quoting Bible verses? Why is he always whatever you want to make sure that you, you, that's the way you reel them in is that you just be the best you could be. And if you're living like Jesus or you're living like God, or you're, you're being the best you could be, you're going to, you're going to, that's the way, that's why you don't want to be cussing. You don't go to hell if you mm-hmm. cuss. Okay, you don't go to hell if you if you talk dirty jokes or but you don't want to be cussing and doing dirty jokes or anything like that. You want to because you're you're showing people a bad example. And if you're living like all these other people in filth, then how are they gonna trust you to to speak to them or evangelize to them? Mm-hmm. You have to be different and not of this world. And all these gifts that we're talking about will make you different because it's through the Holy spirit that you're given these gifts. So that is the way that, you know, that's why we're saying you're representing God when you're out here right. trying to evangelize. Now you're representing the most high God. So right. you could be judged like the pastors that's, and so, you know, because now you're, you're taking the rain saying, God, you can use me. And then let's say you're using it for financial gain. You're using it to boast. You're using it to mm-hmm. get women. You're using it for all these different reasons. Now you're going to be judged like the pastor's judge seven times because God gave you the gift. You know that you had it and now you're using it for boasting and all these other things. So, or it's you important. are the pastor and those are things that you were doing. Yes. We've, we've yeah. ran into that. Uh, at a previous church as well. And so one thing I will say for people, if they do go to an actual church in a building, um, use discernment, pray for discernment from God, right? To tell you if you are in the right place or not, um, because he will move you where he wants you to be church wise. Yeah. Um, because if there's if there's an inkling that you feel that something is not right, God's trying to move in you and and move through you to tell you other things. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Let the Holy Spirit guide you and let God guide you. Um, right. It's 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 important to, you know, it's great for going to church. I think it's good for. Um, I think it's good for. Uh, Checking in, having someone mm-hmm. to, to hold you accountable, accountability right. as men. It's great to be around other men. And, you you know, like I said, some people might be going through things there and you can use mm-hmm. these gifts for people that are going through mm-hmm. certain things that you've already been through. Maybe there's baby Christians. Maybe there's some people that can help you, right. whatever. It's it's really good. But um, so, yeah, like you said, though, I think it's good. That's why it's good for you to, to go and uh, study the whatever your pastor's saying so you can get that discernment and be like, all right, this guy's the guy he's, he's teaching mm-hmm. it correctly going, you know, verse by verse in the Bible, right. Verse by verse, right. by verse, not like a subject to subject to subject, you know, right. Uh, Which <laughs> so. is what most churches and the business of church does now. That's the yeah. new model is they'll have very little scripture and the rest of it is. Yeah. Just I know. sermon time about, you know, whatever, being a topic. good person and having a good relationships. Like- <laughs> and I will, I will tell you that is one that um, I was appalled when they were discussing relationships because the pastor said, if you don't fight continually with your spouse, then you are in a toxic relationship. And I was like, Hmm. That is not true because we never fight. We never argue. We never have a disagreement. 
because we literally are on the same path. We walk the same, you know, live in God's purpose for us. And so things are easy when that happens. I think you guys are both very equally yoked. So mm -hmm. that's, that's what, that's when you're on the same page, um, spiritually, then, right. then you're not going to have the, a lot of fights, but no. it's, it's very hard <laughs> when you're not equally yoked, you know, because you're, um, your husband's trying to be the teacher. Mm -hmm. And if you're not equally yoked, then you're, you're swimming uphill without a paddle. Right. So exactly. Yeah. So it's great. To, yeah. God is great for blessing you with, with um, you guys with that. So I think that's why that, um, that I'm why very you guys thankful. Along so great. Yeah. God is great. So yeah. but I think we've already been like what an hour and a half. I think that's probably, that's where I keep all my shows on. I think yep, you probably me do the too. same. And so, we went through all the gifts. <laughs> I'm, awesome. I'm so happy um, that you joined me for this because there's nobody else that, that I would love to have this conversation with. So thank you again for joining me and please tell everyone where they can find you. Oh, uh, first off, I want to say this. We spoke like a year and a half ago, I think about doing this show or maybe a year. Almost ago. two. I think you were telling me that you wanted to do this. Like you're like, Hey, I want to do the spiritual gift show. I think you told me this a long time ago mm -hmm. and now it came to fruition. So, right. Uh, she it's planted, it's she planted been years seed. in the works. <laughs> yeah. So that's awesome. But if you guys want to hear uh, anything else that I have, it's uh Josh Monday, Christian and conspiracy podcast is uh, on the audio and it's Josh Monday music and podcasts on YouTube. And, you know, if you could please subscribe to the YouTube or, uh, you know, also I like to tell anybody, you know, uh, oh yeah, my Instagram is Josh Monday underscore podcast. And then I have a TikTok, which I don't have that many people on there, but it's a uh, Josh Monday underscore podcast. But for deplorable Janet, what I want to say to the listeners, if you guys could please go give her a five-star review, uh, if you could share the podcast with as many people as you could share it with. And if you could, uh, also subscribe to her rumble account. Uh, you know, that way you can kind of get that going. She wants to have video, but she speaks of stuff that is, is hard for YouTube to swallow. So she has to start a rumble account. So she is definitely being censored. So if you guys could please go follow that for her. And she is an amazing woman that's putting her time and effort. And she, she it's probably one o'clock in the morning right now, almost there or 12 o'clock, <laughs> something like that right now. Cause I'm at almost 11 here. So, uh, <laughs> such a blessing, you know, for, for her. So that's, that's what I would end the podcast with. Please do that for her if you can. Well, and do the same for Josh because he, he does spectacular content. Um, and he is such a genuine down to earth, lovely, beautiful soul. And so I hope you continue what you're doing. Um, on your journey through life with the podcast and, and all of that and continue educating people because this world really needs people like you. So thank you again, my dear, for joining me. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time and for me and for Josh, we'll see you next time. Have a good one.